Jesus. The name given from the angel to Joseph. There will be a son and you will give him the name Jesus. Which means the one who saves. We come here today, Lord Jesus, to celebrate the central figure of all humanity. Not just the central figure of this season, but Lord, the central figure of our lives. We have nothing. We are nothing. We have no hope for anything in the future outside of you, Jesus. And so we're so thankful today that you have spread and shed your love in our hearts and our lives today through the eyes and faces and voices of children singing to this anthem of praise Lord we've experienced your presence this morning and Lord as we head into your word today we ask you today to speak to us Lord every person here today you know where they're at you know what's going on in their lives outside of this place and I pray Lord that you would specifically use something that we say today to bring life and hope just a freshness, God, in in their walk and their knowledge of who you are. And we give you thanks and praise for it all. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated.
beginning our uh, Christmas series called A Thrill of Hope, and I'm excited to have some help this morning. Uh, if I can't carry the load, I've got six people up here who can help me get this message started today. So um, we're going to begin today as we begin this series called A Thrill of Hope by talking about the thrill of Christmas. And so uh, we've got a panel here today, and I'm going to introduce you to them, and I'm going to let them tell you their uh, parental resume and parental and grandparental resumes, because we're going to talk about children and, and grandchildren a little bit today to get started. We've had the kids in with us today, so I think that'll kind of be a natural lead-in. So this is Hugo and Amanda Soto. Tell us about your uh, boys, their names and their ages. Uh, so are we on? Cool. Uh, so I'm Hugo, if y'all didn't know, and this is Amanda, uh, just so you know. Um, and our boys are uh, Nate, who is 11, and then Truett, who just turned Okay, perfect. All right, Chester and Jennifer Cothross, tell us about your family. Um, I am Jennifer Cothross. This is my husband, Chester, and we have Brianna, and she is 20 years old. All right, and right here beside me is Kenny and Rhonda Thornton, and they have uh, children and grandchildren. So, uh, can you remember all their names and ages? You don't have to tell the you have to tell the older kids' yeah, ages. I but can. Uh, I don't have a problem with that. We have two kids. Uh, I tell you, eight sons. <laughs> yeah. uh, Brad, he's 40. You know, we got a daughter who lives in Oak Ridge, Tennessee. She's 36. She has three kids, and uh, Brad and Kelly have one kid. They're 9, 12, and 15. Okay. So we've been married for 42 years. Okay, very good. And how long have y'all been married? 23. And how long have y'all been married? Okay, excellent. All right, good deal. Didn't want to get anybody in trouble. So at least you're practicing for the second service that you get everything right. So we're going we're gonna to begin with a question about childhood. And so I want to ask you guys to think back to your childhood as a kid growing up. Uh, what was something that you really looked forward to and got excited about when you would think about Christmas? What was something that was thrilling about Christmas for you? I'm going to start with you, Mr. Kenny. In the Thornton household back in the late 50s, early 60s, there wasn't a whole lot of money going around. So Christmas time was, uh, we knew we was going to get fresh fruit, fruitcake, the vending and frozen. That was the four things that you looked forward to at Christmas time. Okay. All right. Um, Rhonda, anything you'd add to that for your family? Um, when I was a kid, the biggest, the thrill for me was leaving cookies and milk out for Santa. Okay. <laughs> and... Um, Seeing them the next morning that he had eaten them, and I was like, wow, he stood right here where I'm at, and ate my cookies <laughs> and drank my milk, so <laughs> that was my trip. Okay, what about you, uh, Chester? Well, one of the things that, that really uh, thrilled me, uh, of course, as a kid growing up in Winters, it was about Christmas morning opening gifts, but besides that, one of the... the thrilling moments in our household was, was dad getting the Christmas tree down out of the attic and mom getting gathering up all the Christmas ornaments and stuff like that and the, the my greatest gift uh, my greatest thrill about decorating the Christmas tree is back then we had all the tinsel you know the tinsel that came in the little small boxes and you just threw it up and I for some reason I just loved throwing the tinsel up on, on the Christmas tree so that that was something that, that okay Jennifer thrilled. what about you um 
something that really was a thrill to me was um, our family have always, they've always gotten together uh, on Christmas Eve, and we looked forward to that Christmas Eve night, getting ready and singing Christmas carols and just being together, that kind of that traditional thing we knew was going to happen every single year. Um, that was something really exciting. And then, two, going to church, and our church always gave fruit bags, and it always had a snicker bar in it. Mm-hmm. And that snicker bar <laughs> was something that I looked forward to. Yeah. Awesome. All right, Hugo and Amanda, what about you guys? All right, so, uh, so, uh, so I'm going to tell you this. Um, one of the things I, uh, I, born in 85, I'm proud to say I am an 80s kid, even though I Missed the eighties for the most part, um, but yeah. So growing up, uh, you know, one thing I should get that off my chest. I'm sorry. One thing I really wanted growing up um, was a Turbo Man. I don't know if you guys ever seen Jingle All the Way and a Turbo Man. And you know, being the middle child, I wasn't always the uh, the favorite. That would be my little brother uh, Daniel. <laughs> and, and the bad thing was, I always got his handy ups. Um, so anything he got done playing with, I, I got stuck with. But you know. The great thing about being an adult is I grew up and finally decided I was going to treat myself. And Amanda was just like going crazy when she seen it. So, Mom, I want you to know I'm not worried about it anymore. But I finally got my Turbo Man. So, and he, the jetpack works. I mean, he's he's beautiful. So, I just want you to know that I love you. But there's that. Um, <laughs> All seriousness, uh, growing up, it's almost like Chester. I mean, honestly, it's the, it was the beauty of the lights, the tree. Um, believe it or not, people grew up without tinsel, Chester. I want you to know that. <laughs> Amanda had no idea. She's like, what is this? I said, it's tinsel. She's like, what do you do with it? I mean, you just throw it on that tree. How? You just throw it. Like, it's, you ball it in a ball, and you throw it. Um, and we had, I guess some people would say, the tackiest tree, uh, but we had the colored lights, all the homemade ornaments. Um, nothing was, you know, I guess prim and proper like some people have, like these beautiful trees up here. Um, it was a disaster, but it was our disaster. And those are the things um, that really uh, shine out for me for uh, Christmas as growing up as a kid. Well, my childhood wasn't as exciting as that. <laughs> um, the thing that I enjoyed the most as a kid was Every Christmas Eve, we would get together with my mom's family, and we would go out to dinner, and it was really fancy for us. It was Carrie Hilliard's, <laughs> but it was when they gave you the glass, actual glass of water before your dinner. Um, and then we would go to my grandma's house, and we would get together, and we would spend time together. And then me and my brother would wake up really, really, really early, um, like 4 o'clock in the morning, and we would wake our parents up singing Christmas carols, which I know they probably hated now that I look back on it. <laughs> so, yeah. That's great. That's great. So let's, let's change this from thinking about as kids to how did Christmas change when you became a parent? Um, what, what was your perspective like from there? Uh, Ron, do you want to start? Um, I guess... Um, you go from a child, you know, and you receive presents, you go from to giving your child and watching the joy on their faces, they open the presents. Yeah. Anything you'd add to that? Yes. The main thing that, that I, as a parent, wanted to bring to my children was when I was growing up, I was never introduced to Christ. Mm. And when we had children, 
the one thing that we made sure of was they was going to be introduced to Christ. They would know him. They would know what the Christmas season was about and what Jesus was about. And today I can stand here and tell you my son sitting in the audience, he's serving God. I got a daughter. We got a daughter in Oak Ridge, Tennessee. She is a minister of music at the Church of God, and my son-in-law is a associate pastor. So, yeah, uh, that's what I'm proud about. That's what I uh, was glad that I would be able to give to my kids. That's great. What would you guys say changed for y'all when you became parents at Christmas? Um, pretty much the same. I mean, it, it went from being all about uh, getting presents. You know, get what I could get. This, I guess, in a sense, you could say the selfishness of it. Uh, what's under the tree for me um, to what we can give, you know, and, and not only that, but making sure our kids understood the truth that it's not just a tree with lights, that everything has a meaning, the star. Um, for us, we don't put an angel on a tree, not knocking anybody who does, uh, but we put the star because I want us to, you know, I want him to understand that the star is important because the star led people to Christ. and this is about Christ. This isn't about what you get. Um, if anything, it's about what you give and what Christ gave to us. So we definitely um, try to switch it more, uh, make, it, make sure it's all Christ-centered. Um, no more presents. Um, I like the fact that as a kid, it was the gimme, gimme, gimme. But as an, a parent, it's about the simple, think, mm -hmm. slowing things down, um, spending time with your family and that really means a lot more you know whether it's just watching movies or decorating the tree or going and out looking at Christmas lights it's seeing the magic and wonder in your kids eyes um, which is really exciting to me what about you guys yeah I um I would say the same basically for you know what you guys have said the excitement it goes from you know the excitement of getting something myself to being able to give to my daughter um, and two, it's about making memories. I, you know, always wanted to make sure that, you know, everything that we did was, you know, memorable, something that she would always remember, you know, like when we would play and uh, make it sound like Santa was on the roof and he would come to visit, you know, and uh, it was just fun. It was fun and it was memorable, things that she will never forget. So I wanted to make sure that that was important to her. Um, for me, it was uh, just like everybody else said, but one thing that I can bring out is about, uh, spending time in making traditions uh, with with our daughter and, and Jennifer's family, my family, and in those traditions, keeping the main thing to the main thing, the purpose. I tested on Brianna on the, on the, on the yesterday, but I won't go into that. But um, but that that's that's what it changed for me is no longer it being about just one little thing about getting like uh, I remember memory getting up early, four o'clock in the morning, seeing my BMX bike. And I was like, man, yes. So, uh, but I, I already had the thrill, and so I had to act, act, act it up whenever the family came along. But anyway, but it, was, it really is coming from outside of me. It's no longer about me. It's about what I can do to, uh, to make sure that I pass down what, what we have received uh, to my children uh, and to my child and that she will one day, one day when she's married, will pass it down to her children and we can't wait for the grandkids. So, so that gives us a great segue into the last question, which is just for Rhonda and Kenny. 
So they're, they're the only grandparents on the panel. So how does this change when you become grandparents, or does it change anything? It, it's the same, but it's amped up like four times. <laughs> you got four grandchildren, grandkids, and from the time they come in the back door when on Christmas Day, they run straight to the tree, and they're like looking and trying to find a package with their name on it, and I was like, don't touch. You can look, but you don't touch. But it's just like, I don't know. I, I couldn't find a word to describe. It's just being together, the love and the joy that, it, that comes with Christmas, which should be every day of the year, you know. And I, <clears throat> there's a song, I think it's Elvis sings it, and it's, it might be Elvis. <laughs> um, we wish Christmas could be, this could be like Christmas every day. But, um, yeah, that's, the, that's what I come get out of that. And, and it's the amped up part of the kids and your grandkids because when they come to Nani and Pop Pops, they know they can have what they want. <laughs> yeah, we have a rule in our house. If you have to ask for it, you don't need it. So they understand that, and uh, one of the, one of the memories I have about uh, having grandkids is just this past Thanksgiving, uh, the kids, the grandgirls, they always make cookies with Nani, so they took it on herself to make their own cookies this year. So I told my youngest granddaughter, I said, "Look, Papa needs a cookie for himself." So she made me one for myself, decorated it, put white ice and the sprinkles on it. She said, here you go, Pop Pop, here's your cookie right here. And I, that was the best cookie in the world. And, uh, and getting to Christmas, when they uh, come over and, and they look at their stockings, uh, that's the thrill for me because I like to give them junk. <laughs> junk is the best thing to have at Christmas. And uh, so our youngest granddaughter one year, she was on uh, Pringles, sour cream and onion Pringles. Instead of buying her one can, we bought her four cans. <laughs> then the next one, granddaughter, she was uh, hooked on beef jerky. So we bought her three bags of beef jerky. <laughs> so the oldest grandkid, he's 15, he was hooked on Reese cups. So we bought him four bags of Reese cups. Then our youngest grandson is nine. He's a pickle monster. He'll eat a pickle, it don't matter what it is, bread and butter, Dill pickles, it don't matter, as long as it's a pickle. So we was at Sam's, and we bought a <laughs> huge jar of pickles. And when that kid opened that thing up and seen that jar of pickles, it was just like the world had ended. You know, it was, it was the greatest thing in the world. In a week, he ate that whole jar of dill pickles. So that, that's his memory for us. I like milk duds, Kenny. Okay, buddy. So just kind of think about that. Give these guys a big hand. Thank you all so much. Awesome job. There's a song that uh, Andy Williams sings that you, you hear it in recordings and commercials and this time of year called It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year. Anybody heard that song before? And, you know, I think all the things that we've talked about this morning kind of, um, kind of lead to that because Christmas has... It's just its own thing, you know. Uh, there's just a feeling that you have at Christmas that you don't have at any other time of the year. Uh, there's, 
your senses are kind of on sensory overload if you think about it. I mean, there's the sights of Christmas. It's always kind of depressing to me after we decorate the, the sanctuary so beautifully and then we take it down the 1st of January because, I mean, it, it, and it's that way at your house too. You almost don't want to take everything down. It's, it's the sounds of Christmas. You know, no other holiday, I don't know if you've ever thought of this, has its own playlist but Christmas. You know, and some weirdos like Brad Johnson listen to Christmas the whole year round. But if I was a tax man, I would probably need to listen to Christmas music throughout the year as well. Uh, it's the smells of Christmas, you know, the candles and the cookies and all those things. It's the tastes of Christmas. Anybody looking forward to what we're gonna, what you're gonna eat at grandma's or at or at your house or wherever it might be? Um, speaking of that, I don't know who made the decision that uh, we can only have peanut brittle and peppermint candy canes at Christmas, but they should really be held accountable for that because those things should be available throughout the entire year. But all of the things we've talked about and all those things we just shared, they all kind of lead down one road, and it's what we've shared this morning, and that is that Christmas at its core is all about giving. If you think about for a second, what would it be like if you took every element of giving out of Christmas? If there were no uh, presents under the tree, and some of you are like, well, I can definitely imagine that because I don't have any under my tree. But you will eventually. If there were no gifts, white elephant gifts at the, at the company Christmas party. If there was not the family gathering where everybody shares a gift. Or, or like they've described in several different ways, Christmas morning without waking up and, and having that experience. If you took all of that away, would there be much left to Christmas? I had a friend in high school who, um, he told me that his family had decided that because Christmas was so stressful and expensive and overspending and all of that, they just made the decision to not do gifts anymore. And, uh, and I thought, well, that's kind of strange. I mean, I guess you kind of save some money. You take away some stress. And, and maybe you, like I know our extended family has greatly changed the way we give gifts because your families get so big and you can't buy for every single person. So, so you kind of change that as you go. But it's hard to imagine Christmas without giving. I would say to you, it's the same way with the Christmas story. The story that these kids sang about, that we just sang about. And if you think about the Christmas story, it's hard to imagine the Christmas story as we find it in Matthew 1 and 2 and Luke 1 and 2. If you take all the elements of giving out of that story, there's really not a lot left. I want to show you what I mean. When you open up Luke chapter 1, immediately you see an angel named Gabriel who is a, has a major role in the Christmas story. He, he shows up several times. But in Luke chapter 1, he shows up and he gives a prophecy to a priest named Zechariah. Zechariah and his wife had not had any children. And, and, and he prophesies to him that your wife is going to have a child. And this child is actually going to be pretty important. He's going to be the forerunner of Jesus. He would be John the Baptist. Well, later on, God would make good on that promise, and God the Father would give Elizabeth a son named John, and she would become pregnant. And can you imagine the thrill for her of becoming pregnant? 
A few verses later, the angel Gabriel shows up again. And the angel gives Mary a prophecy that she would become pregnant. Now that blew her away, but there was a thrill locked inside of that prophecy when the angel said the Holy Spirit, she said, how's this going to happen? And the angel says the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you and the power of the Most High is going to overshadow you. A few verses later, we learn that God gave Elizabeth the Holy Spirit when Mary showed up at her house, and this is a really neat story because Mary's just found out she's pregnant. Elizabeth is further along in her pregnancy. They're cousins, and so they have cousins in their wombs, which is John the Baptist and Jesus. And when the Bible says that when Mary walked in the room and she said, Hey, Elizabeth, at the sound of the greeting, that Elizabeth felt the baby, John the Baptist, leap in her womb, it's pretty powerful, y'all. We don't have time to, to unpack that this morning. But she was immediately filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth received the Holy Spirit in that moment. Then Mary, a few verses later, would give a song of worship and praise to God as she's just thrilled about everything that God is doing in her life. Then after Elizabeth gives birth to John the Baptist, Zechariah would give a prophecy at the end of, of Luke chapter 1 about the life that John the Baptist would live. Now let's flip back to Matthew chapter 1. An angel shows up and gives Joseph a message in a dream and tells him that his wife-to-be his wife is pregnant now, I don't know if he was real thrilled. We're talking about thrills this morning. I don't know if he was real thrilled with that message because he kind of had to process it. But then the angel tells him, you're going to give him the name Jesus. And then Matthew tells us, a couple of verses later, that all of this is fulfillment of a prophecy that was given by Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 7, that a virgin will be with a child and give birth to a son, and they'll call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now go back over to Luke, Luke chapter 2. Mary gives birth to Jesus. All of you moms here know the agony and everything you go through to deliver a child. But immediately when that child comes into the world and you hear that cry, all of that turns into a thrill, right? Because you have delivered that child. Then the angels gave a message to the shepherds that there's a baby in town that you need to go visit. And the shepherds experienced the thrill of that good news. Then the shepherds gave a visit to Mary, Joseph, and the baby Jesus. And the thrill of the realization that they weren't crazy. That everything they just heard from the angels was true. And then Luke chapter 2 tells us that Mary gave thanks for everything that had, had happened. As she pondered those things in her heart. The shepherds leave and they give glory to God for everything that they had seen. A few verses later, Mary and Joseph give Jesus back to God, show up at the temple, dedicate him to the Lord. And finally, the last piece of this story, which happened sometime later than the initial night of Jesus' birth. Three, well, we, we think three. We know there were three gifts. We don't really know if there was three. I say three out of habit. But, but we know that magi, or wise men as we call them, showed up at the home of Mary, Joseph, and Jesus and gave him gifts and gave him worship. So each element of everything that these folks shared this morning all revolves around giving. 
And everything that we talked about from the Christmas story revolves around giving. It's, a, it's the central theme. Christmas is the central theme of the entire Word of God. If you, if you split the Word of God and you open it up in the middle, you've got the Old Testament on the left that everything in it points, the prophecies point to one who is going to come. Every story in the Old Testament, you can find uh, themes and ideas in any story in the Old Testament that points to Jesus. And then right in the middle of your Bible, Jesus comes. And then everything on the other side of your Bible in the New Testament is the fulfillment of the fact that this gift that God gave has come. Imagine what it would be like to have Christmas without giving. It's impossible to think about that. Can't even wrap our brain around it. And it's impossible to think about the Christmas story without giving. Because it's so simple. We've heard it so much. Some of us, maybe it's fresh for you today. But the story is so simple because it all started with God. God gave Jesus. It's the verse that's most familiar to people who don't even attend church. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he what? Gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish. But shall have eternal life. So God gave Jesus. Then watch what Jesus did. Jesus gave himself. Look what Paul says in Galatians 1. He says, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age according to the will of our God and Father and to whom be glory forever and ever. Paul would also say this to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 2. He says there's one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Jesus, who what gave himself as a ransom for all people. So Paul's already said that Jesus came, so God gave Jesus. Jesus gave himself for our sins, but also gave himself as a ransom for our sins. Ransom is a, is a payment. We were messed up. We were away from God. We were in bondage to our flesh, our sin, our junk, our stuff. And Jesus comes and pays the payment for our sins with his life. Rescues us from the punishment of sin. Then Galatians 2.20, look at what Paul says. He says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me. And watch this, what? Gave himself for me. So God gave Jesus. Jesus gave of himself, but that's not where the story ends. Then the Holy Spirit enters the story. And the Holy Spirit gives specific gifts to the body. That, and that's you and I to allow this message to continue. It's kind of like this. I was, I was channel surfing a few nights ago and came across... Uh, the beginning of a scene of one of my favorite uh, scenes in any Christmas movie. It's found in the Santa Claus 2. And in the Santa Claus 2, Tim Allen, who is now Santa, has found out that if he's going to continue being Santa, he's got to get a wife. Y'all remember this? And so he starts dating his son's uh, principal, who just happens to be the best-looking principal I've ever seen before. I mean, never seen a principal that pretty 
that, that Santa picks her out and he starts trying to connect with her. And he winds up at the faculty Christmas party. If you've not seen the movie, they show up at this faculty Christmas party and it's the most boring, lame party on earth. I mean, literally, everybody's stand, sitting around in chairs and they're just kind of stirring a, a drink and eating a cookie. And it's as boring as it can be. And so Tim Allen, who's Santa, he goes backstage, he gets on the, he comes out, he pulls this big bag, and because of his powers as Santa, he knows what every adult in that room wanted as a gift as a kid. Kind of connects with some of the things that our panel was saying this morning. And so he starts pulling out these pre-wrapped gifts, calls people by name, hands them to them. And that is one of the most magical scenes to me in any movie. As all these adults return to their childhood and they're excited about toss across and, and rocking robots and baby dolls. And the, and the room fills with joy and energy and laughter and excitement as these people pick out and as they received these specific gifts that were given for them. Now, forgive me this morning. Don't write me any letters. Don't talk about me on Facebook. That I'm making a comparison with Santa and the Holy Spirit. Because there is no comparison. But that's the door that kind of gets us here. Because I want you to see this. Because we don't really think about the Holy Spirit being involved that much other than uh, his role in the conceiving of, of Jesus but this whole thing is getting us to the point that we can live out what God did when God gave Jesus. And when Jesus gave, him, gave of himself, we can't live any of that out without the Holy Spirit. So the scripture says, so watch this, God gave Jesus, Jesus gave himself, and the Holy Spirit gives specific gifts to the body. I don't have time to unpack all that, but in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and in Romans chapter 12, we learn about that. And look what Paul says in Romans 12. He says, just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function. So he's making an illustration about our physical bodies. That we all can understand. We all have many body parts and every part needs to function, has its own function. You know if one starts, one part of your body doesn't work right, it kind of messes up the rest of your body, right? And he says, we have the body of Christ, many members, they all don't have the same function. So in Christ, though, we f though we're many, we form one body and each member belongs to all the others. We have different what? Gifts, that's the word we're talking about today, according to the grace given to each of us. And he runs a list. He says, if your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give. Some people, their gift is giving. If it's to lead, then do so diligently. If it's to show mercy, then do it cheerfully. So Paul is saying that... The Holy Spirit has gifts, just like in that story where, where Santa knew those gifts. The Holy Spirit knows how God created you and God created me with a specific DNA. There is something that is inside of you, a, an ability, a gift, a talent that God has put inside of you that he wants you to use to bring him glory. So God gives Jesus. Jesus gives of himself. And then the Holy Spirit gives us gifts. Now, we understand that. So what's our response to all that? What do we do with all that? 
Well, I want to read you a, a verse of scripture, a couple of verses, that I think kind of pull everything together. And you really don't think about this as a Christmas verse. I've probably never shared it in a Christmas message ever before. But I was reading it a couple of days ago, and I thought, wow, this says everything that I'm trying to say in a few verses. It's in Ephesians chapter 1. And I want you to hear the words of Paul. He says, I'll praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we're united with Christ. Just, he's given us a lot of blessings. Amen? Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. Did you see that? Paul says, before the world was created, God had you and I in mind. Wow. Verse 5, God decided in advance, before he even started working on any of this, to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through who? Through Christ Jesus. Some people think, you know, well, it was just a big mistake from the beginning, and then God really didn't. It wasn't the plan to send Jesus. No, this was the plan all along. That's why it's so perfect when you read it from beginning to end. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him what, somebody? Great pleasure. You might say it thrilled him to do this. So we, here's our response, we praise God for the glorious grace he's poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace. Somebody say amen. That he purchased our freedom, he's talking about Jesus, talking about God, with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. And he has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. God has now revealed to us his mysterious will regarding Christ. Man, that just jumped off the page at me. How mysterious and weird and strange is the Christmas story. It starts with an old woman who gets pregnant, who's married, and then it moves to a young woman who's not married and has never been with a man and gets pregnant. Weird, mysterious, odd, right? Sci-fi channel stuff. But look at what Paul, Paul just explained it to us. He said... God has now revealed to us his mysterious will. It's kind of mysterious, but his will was to send Christ, which is to fulfill his own good plan. It was always God's plan, and Paul says, this is the plan. Oh, good night. This is so good. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. Now he's talking about the future. So all of us who are in Christ and know Christ this is the promise that we have that we're not just here surviving 2020 and surviving 2021 or whatever the future looks like. That this is just the pre-show for what's to come. Furthermore, because we're united with Christ, we've received an inheritance from God. Kind of feels like that grandfather, that father connection we've talked about. For he chose us in advance. Again, this was his plan all along. And he makes everything work out according to what? His plan. He had a plan all along. God's purpose was that we Jews, who were the first to trust in Christ, would bring praise and glory to God. And now you Gentiles. Any Gentiles here? That's all the rest of us. 
praise God. We have heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, look at this. Christ looks at you and I and he identified you as his own by giving you, what did we say? The Holy Spirit. Gives you the Holy Spirit whom he promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee. This is so good. That he will give us the inheritance that he promised and that he has purchased to us to be his own people. And he did this so that we would praise and glorify him. God gave Jesus. Jesus gave himself and the Holy Spirit. God and Jesus both have given us the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit has given us gifts. And everything that the Holy Spirit does in and through our lives that allow us to walk this out and feel him and sense him and know him. All of that is a guarantee that this is not just all there is. It's a guarantee that we have a home in heaven. There's, it's a guarantee of eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, so that we might have eternal life in him. So the Father gave Jesus. Jesus gave of himself. The Holy Spirit gives us specific gifts to the body. So what do we do with all this? There's, there's a few things that we have to do in response. First of all, we receive the gift of Jesus. And this goes along with the first question that we asked this morning about as a child, what what, is, what was your experience of Christmas as a child? For all of us as children, whether it's just a, a bag of oranges or, and a couple little things that Brother Kenny was talking about, or if it's the bigger things, the Turbo, turbo Man or, or a BMX bike for Chester, there's not been a kid in the history of the world who's come out on Christmas morning and said, I wanted that BMX bike, that Turbo Man, that PlayStation 5, and said, nah, I don't think I want that today. No. The parents have saved, they've planned, they give that gift, and so that child receives it. Any of y'all ever given a gift on Christmas morning and your kid didn't receive it? I've never seen that. Man, my three, they love to receive what they get on Christmas morning. So that's our response. It's a childlike response that we receive the gift of Jesus. Romans 6.23 says the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. So first of all, we receive the gift of Jesus. Secondly, we give our life to Jesus. So I receive the gift, and in response of receiving that gift, and I say, I receive it. Now, God, Jesus, you have my life. You gave your life for me, so now I'm going to give my life for you. I'm going to give you something. Then watch this. Then we receive the gift of Jesus. We give our life to Jesus, and then we receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So watch this. Once we grow up, that's what we were talking about a minute ago. When you grow up and you're a parent, a grandparent, that perspective changes. So now it's not just every, about everything I receive. That initial thing of receiving the gift of Jesus and giving my life to Jesus as I mature in my faith. And I've been serving God for a while and begin to know and understand some things. Then I receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And just like you're going to give gifts to your children, your grandchildren. And friends and neighbors and relatives, the Holy Spirit has gifts. We read it a moment ago, specific gifts that he wants to give you. And they're real not, or honestly, they're not real hard to figure out. You just kind of look at your DNA and how you're made and the things that fire you up, the things you're good at. Those are your gifts. 
we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And then fourthly, we give those gifts back through service. So it's kind of, Renee, if you'll come and begin to play, it's kind of like, it's the whole thing we just talked about this morning, okay? As children, we want to receive. It's all about what we get. We love to receive those gifts. But then at some point when it changes as parents and as grandparents, what gives us more joy and what thrills us more than anything else is when we can give back to our children. When we see the thrill that, that they experienced and we can give back what they have given to us. Man, I, I remember I think probably the, my most favorite thrilling gift I got as a kid was I think I was about... 12 or 13, and I finally had convinced my parents after years to, to they, they just, they were too scared to get me one, but I finally convinced them to get me a, a dirt bike. And I didn't expect it. I remember we had, mom and dad, it was my favorite Christmas morning ever because we got up and we had opened all our gifts and we had had a, had a great Christmas. And uh, mom and dad said, all right, we're, we're going to go out to the barn and there's one more thing we got for you thought, man, what in the world could it be? And walked down, and there was that, that dirt bike. Man, that was, that was my favorite Christmas gift ever because I didn't expect it, and they gave it at a time and knew the joy that I, I had receiving that. And there have been so many times through the years uh, when we've been able to give to our kids and see the joy. I think the latest was a few months ago. My oldest son, Trent, graduated from from college and uh, starting his first job in, in ministry and so for graduation we gave him a brand new very nice acoustic guitar he had no idea that he was getting that gift that day but as he opened that gift at his party man that felt so good to watch him unpack that gift and open that gift and enjoy that gift and now he uses that gift Right now, he's in Richmond Hill leading worship. That's how it works for us. God the Father has given us gifts, and we're to take those gifts and use them for his glory. To use him to point, those gifts to point other people back to Jesus. God gave Jesus. Jesus gave himself, and the Holy Spirit gives us gifts that we can use. So I want to ask you this morning, as we get ready to wrap this message up today, where are you in, in what we're talking about today? Let's start at the beginning. Maybe, <clears throat> excuse me, maybe you've not received the gift that we're talking about today, the gift of Jesus. Maybe you know about God, you know about the things of God, but you really not received that gift personally and you're not walking that gift out in your life, man, the greatest thing you can do, greatest decision you'll ever make in your life is to make a decision for Christ and say, I'm going to put Jesus at the center of my life and I'm going to follow him with everything I have. Amen, folks who've done that? Amen? Then maybe if you've already received Christ, I want to challenge you today. Are you using the gifts that the Holy Spirit has given you to serve the body, to serve the church, to serve your community, to serve your family. Because God has given each of us something 
That he wants us not to just take it and use it for ourselves, but use it for somebody else. That's the, the challenge of the day. Because at the end of the day, again, Christmas is all about giving. And what we do with that gift. I want to close with this last verse. Jesus shares this in Luke chapter, I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 7. He's talking to a group of people and he's, he's telling them, okay, now really, by nature, you as people are sinful, away from God. But he says, which of you, if your son asks for bread, would give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, would give him a snake? So if your child looks at you and, and says, you know, hey, can, can I have something to eat? And you just say, you know, here's a bag of rocks, son. Or says, hey, I, can, can, I have a, can I have some, uh, some, some chicken tenders for, for lunch? And you say, uh, here's some snake. Jesus has given us a pretty clear example. He says, if, if, you, one of, if you would do that, if your child would do that, if you then, though you're evil, you're filled with sin, you're... You're, you're living in a sinful, fleshly body, is what he's talking about. If you know how to get give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? That's such a clear illustration because Jesus is saying, okay, you're sinful people, but there's still something in your makeup, in your DNA, that allows you to know how to give to your children what is that even if you're not a Christ follower the answer is very simple it's found in the first chapter of the Bible you and I were made in the image of God and even people who don't serve God because they were made in the image of God some God stuff still comes out of them because we're made in God's image and part of our DNA as being made in the image of God is to give so he says even as jacked up as you are Jesus says you wouldn't do something crazy like if your kid asked for this and you give him something that doesn't even make sense. So if you, who are, who are flesh and blood, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask? So that kind of tells me, and here's the, the ultimate gift is the one standing here saying this, Jesus. That if after all of that, all we've talked about, God gave Jesus. Jesus gave himself, and the Holy Spirit has gifts to give us that it's limitless. How much more will the Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Wow, what an encouraging verse and an encouraging, thrilling thing for us to finish with this morning. I want to ask you to bow your heads right where you're at, and we're going to finish in prayer this morning. And I want to ask you a couple questions today. First of all, is there anybody here who would say, Wes, man, the first thing I need to do is I need to receive the gift of Jesus. And I need to give my life to Jesus. I, I've not done that. And, uh, and, and what you're talking about is something that I know I need to do. I've been thinking about it even before I came here. And what you've said here today just is a, is, is a clear sign that I need to make a change and I need to give my life to Jesus and I need to receive the gift of Jesus. 
I promise not to embarrass you, but I just want to know who you are so I can pray with you. Would you just put your hand up and put it right back down? Go. Anybody. Anybody who would say that today, I want to receive the gift of Jesus today. Anybody here like that today? Here's the second question I have. Anybody here today who would say, Pastor, you're talking to me because, hey, I'm following Jesus. I know the Lord. But I'm not using the gifts that the Holy Spirit has given me in a way that I need to. And the Holy Spirit is, is checking me on that this morning. And I need to start giving more back because of what he's given to me. Anybody would say that, raise your hand. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Anybody else today? Yep, several people's hands going up today realizing that. I would say most of us, if we're honest, many of us would say, yeah, I, I can do a better job of that. I want you to stand this morning. I want to pray for you today. As we stand all over the room today, the worship team's coming. As, as they come in, they're going to close out with a song. But I want to pray with you as they get into place. And if you'll just remain right there, we're going to be done here in just a moment. But Father, I thank you this morning for your word and God, I thank you that you gave your son, Jesus, for what this season and what this time represents. And Father, today I pray that if there is anybody here who does not know you as their Savior, if they've not received the gift of Jesus, Lord, if they've not given you their life, that God, they would make that commitment today. May they not walk out of here and go back into their world and just put this message on the shelf. But Holy Spirit, may you continue to remind them of that. Lord, I pray for those who are here today who would say uh, that they need to uh, be more aware of the gifts of the Holy Spirit in their lives and use those gifts to minister to other people. I pray today, God, that you would just touch us and help us to see, God, that you have given us so much and you've blessed us so that we can be a blessing. And we thank you and we praise you for all those things today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. We're going to finish with a song today that's upbeat, that's exciting, that's thrilling, and just a celebration of all that God has done and all he has gave us. I want you guys, y'all know this song. I want us to sing this out loud and strong to finish up today.
Amen. Give God one more hand clap of praise today. Come on. Amen. Hope you've been blessed today as you've been in worship with us today. Over in the coffee shop on your way out, there's cookies and cider and refreshment and uh, coffee, all kinds of stuff. So stop by and grab something on your way out. We hope to see you back here Wednesday night for Family Ministries Night at 7 o'clock. God bless you. Have a great afternoon.